millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome to Voices from the Battlefield, part of Waterloo Remembered. This extract is read by the historian Eamon O'Keefe and comes from the recollections of John Scott, Hello, my name is Eamon O'Keefe. I am a PhD student researching military music during and after the Napoleonic Wars. Today I'm going to read an edited version of the recollections of John Scott, a young triangle player of the 42nd Royal Highland Regiment, which were published in the Birmingham Daily Post on the 25th of June, 1889. Scott's memories, recorded many decades after the fact, are not particularly valuable in terms of shedding new light on the course of events at Waterloo, but they do give a sense of the chaos and confusion of battle. Despite popular belief, regimental bandsmen did not play music under fire, but instead typically acted as stretcher-bearers. One officer of the 52nd foot who served at Waterloo made this point explicitly I quote, The story one used to hear in one's boyhood of the bands of regiments playing during the raging of a battle to drown the cries of the wounded is a myth. The men of the band and some of the buglers generally make themselves useful in action in attending to the wounded. Rather amusingly, Scott, who was about 10 or 11 years of age at Waterloo, claims to have played his triangle in action shouting, Scotland forever. But this is an exception that proves the rule. The musicians were not playing together as an organized ensemble. Rather, the young band boy had clearly been left to his own devices by the adults during the battle, who had much more pressing matters to attend to than childcare. Scott's memories also give insight into how this momentous battle was remembered by its participants, however young. 19th century readers had an insatiable and unprecedented appetite for the recollections of ordinary soldiers who had served during the Napoleonic conflict, a fact reflected by the outpouring of military memoirs in the post-war decades. 
even three quarters of a century after Waterloo, the memories of a superannuated triangle player received considerable interest. Scott's account was reprinted in several newspapers and even garnered international attention, being picked up across the Atlantic by the New York Times. So now I quote from the original article. John Scott, a Waterloo veteran, is employed at Elsick in Newcastle-upon-Tyne. He is a healthy-looking man for his age, rather tall, but with a heavy stoop in his shoulders, which makes him look shorter than he really is. His features are regular, and though his whiskers are white, there is scarcely a white hair in his head. His employment at Elsick is not laborious, even for a man who is nearly 85 years of age. His chief work is to ring the bell in the forge in the morning, at night, and for the meal hours. His personal recollections of the battle in which he took part are confined to what went on immediately around him. Interviewed a short time ago by a reporter of the Newcastle Leader, he said, My father was a soldier in the Black Watch. I was brought up in the army and was in Belgium in June 1815. What I had to do was play the triangle. I was in the Black Watch, too, but my arms weren't much, just a pistol and a small sword. Quatre Bras was a good deal worse than Waterloo, in my opinion. My father spoke Gaelic as well as English, and a lot of the Black Watch spoke Gaelic. But Wellington said he would not have it, for by the living God he would have every man speak English. After the Battle of Quatre Bras, we got a rest, and then we had to march to Waterloo. About 11 o'clock on the night of the 17th of June, it commenced to rain heavily. The rain poured as hard as it could, and what a night that was. It was in a potato field we were in, but I wrapped my cloak around me and got a good sleep. I remember I lay just on the side of a little bank and the water was running down on both sides of me, while in the morning there were two inches of mud around us. At daylight, we were up, and each of us got a glass of rum and a ship's biscuit. As for the battle, I remember very little. It was nothing but fighting and excitement. All day long the fighting went on, but the smoke hung so thick around us that we could see little. There was nothing but firing and shouting on all sides. Sometimes we lay on the ground doing nothing. We could scarcely see 20 yards ahead of us for the smoke. But then we would know something was coming. We would hear the shouting of the French, and out of the smoke they would rush. We shouted and fired straight at them, and away they went and were gone in the smoke again. But they would soon turn, and back they would come with another rush out of the smoke. More firing, and then they were gone again. And so it went on all the time. I was not frightened. I was too excited for anything. I played my triangle and shouted Scotland forever till I was hoarse and could scarcely speak a word. I never got a scratch, but I think it must have been my height that saved me. I was so little that I had not much risk to run. The French had no chance that day. They were no match for our army and the little Frenchman could not stand the big Englishman. It was the same with the cavalry, for our men could ride over them. The English could have fought all night, but the French would not let them. 
Mr. Scott maintains his contempt for the French to the last. They hate us yet, said he, but the English beat them at Waterloo and can always do it. Thanks for listening. That was the historian Eamon O'Keefe reading the recollections of John Scott. And you can follow Eamon on Twitter at 1812 and all that. Stay tuned to The Napoleonicist, where more instalments of the Voices from the Battlefield series will be released throughout the day. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.